Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we soothe your soul with the sweet sounds of Nintendo Labo. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. How's it going, Mark? It's going pretty good. Uh, it's Yes, it is going pretty good. I uh, didn't, like, cough directly into the mic, so that's a positive step forward from last Tuesday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mark is still sick because we record these episodes on the same day. <laughs> so it's been uh, Although it half would an be hour and you're still sick. amazing if I was, like miraculously cured that would be great i mean we've been pumping you full of drugs all day <laughs> and saying mark get to work folding these pieces of cardboard we've got to play with a little piano and a remote control car um of course today we are discussing the new nintendo labo a few things that we want to get to before we do that um a number one review us on apple podcasts we love it when you do it a that's reason number one to rate and review us on, on apple podcasts do we love it so much that we mm. would be willing to write a parody version of... And this is a long walk, so stay with me. Yeah, I'm there. Uh, Randy Newman's... I love LA. I love LA. Okay. So that way, every time you say, we love it... Sure, that we can just play... We, we love, love it! it. Uh, yeah, we can, do, we can do that. Sorry, but we had to write a parody version? <laughs> I guess I'm not sure why that part's necessary. We could just play a clip of Randy Newman's I Love LA... Yeah, let's just do that. All right, all right. That's what we're going to do. Also, we're not going to do that. Um, but A, that's reason number one. We love it. Re- we love it. We love it. Reason number two is if we get 50 reviews on Apple Podcasts, which is still what it's called. I hesitated for a second there thinking, wait, are you supposed to call this iTunes? I'm not. Um, we can possibly go to E3 this year, walk around with big old press badges. I assume they're larger than regular badges. And, uh, you know, get our hands on some games and then come back here and tell you about them, which I think is fun for us and maybe fun for you. Mark, do you think you'll have fun? <laughs> yeah, fe- oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, and the third reason is, you know, for every review we get on Apple Podcasts, uh, one of us gets $50. It's, it might be We me. don't make the rules. We don't make the rules. Uh, it might be me. It might be Mark. It might just be someone else who's been on this show or been in the room when the show has been recorded. Before. Oh, it's like the box. That uh, uh, Richard Kelly movie with um, Cameron Diaz. and <laughs> I am not familiar with The Box. <laughs> Is it like The Ring? No, it's like, it's. Uh, I think it's based on a short story. Um, but basically the idea is you press the box, you press a button on the box, and you will get a million dollars, but somebody oh, you don't somewhere know in the universe dies. dies. But then they do it, and it goes bad. Well, of course, someone dies. Reason number four is if you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, no one will die because of it, right? In that way, it is not like the box. It is not at all like the box, or the ring for that matter. (laughs) All right, uh, we're going to get into talking about Labo, but we've got a few things to cover up uh, from last week. So here is uh, an extension of our discussion on the uh, Game Boy Classic Edition uh, games list. 
so we got an email back from a listener who had suggest suggested some games for our classic edition. This was the, our conversation last week. Um, we went through, and Mark and I came up with a pretty good list of 20 games that would go on a Game Boy Classic Edition. Uh, Stephen Levine wrote back and says, I guess I should clarify. <laughs> Donkey Kong on my list was Donkey Kong 94. So that is one where we were like, it, oh, we weren't sure. We weren't sure what he was talking about. But um, Stephen's on the right side of history. Stephen is on the right side of history. Congratulations, Stephen. Uh, he says, at least that's what I think uh, that you referred to on my, on my list. I, I only knew it as Donkey Kong for the Game Boy. Great point. It is only called... Yeah, it's just called Donkey Kong. Right. Uh, amazing game, great length and depth for a Game Boy puzzle platformer. Absolutely correct. Um, he goes on to address one of the things that was on his list that you and I d- were not super kind to. He says, Paperboy sucks. I agree. I was struggling to find a third-party game to throw on there. I tried. <laughs> I mean, I had Paperboy for the Super Nintendo, so I played a lot of console Paperboy. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe the reason I think partly it sucks is because I, ne- I could never get very far in it. Yeah. But the Game Boy version really blows. Yeah, I mean, it's just a t- on a tiny screen. It's a, yeah. like that game's hard enough. The the game's too hard, and it's also it feels so much like Back to the Future two to me. Two two and three parts two and three. Do you know what I'm talking about? This game that this NES game that's only because you've brought it up before. I apologize. <laughs> no, I'm not angry. It came across as angry. I'm angry. <laughs> I'm angry now. Um, we also had a, uh, a uh, uh, Daniel Martinez on Twitter get in touch with us to add his two cents as to what um, 15 games should go on a Game Boy Classic list. And this list is just too eclectic and too strange to ignore. So let's, let's roll through these real quick. Legend of the River King on Game Boy, which I think is like a uh, Harvest Moon style game, except you're like a fisherman. That sounds awesome. Uh, Lock and Chase, no idea. Mr. Do, which stars a scary clown. Mr. Nuts, which I assume also stars a scary clown. Or a scary squirrel. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ninja Boy 2, Ninja Taro, Nintendo World Cup, which we looked up is a soccer game. By the way, we had to look up, or uh, either we had to look up or would have had to look up most of these games to know what they were. Uh, Roland's Curse 2, Snow Brothers, Solomon's Club, Tailgater, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, I think I only played the first two Ninja Turtles games on Game Boy, but I assume the third one is at least pretty good. Um, Tetris Blast, which is a great choice. Um, Tiny Toon Adventures 2. I had the first one on mine, um, but I think they're both equally good games. And World Zap. Word Zap, I apologize. Not I, l- I love this list. It, it's, it's, a, a, it's so tailored to like one specific person. That's mm-hmm. awesome. It's also, I, I feel like, such a... Remember how at, at the beginning of our conversation last week, I was like, what I would ideally want would just be for this thing to be groaning with games, just so full of games that you'd never be able to play all of them. Those are the kind of games that I would be excited to be like, oh, I'm going to spend half an hour playing this and then never touch again. It'd be perfect. Um, uh, he added a second tweet to say, if I could include any game, I'd also include these. Adventure Island 2. The Adventure Island games are fun, so like, I, I support that. Amazing Penguin. Battle Bull. Bonk's Revenge, Bubble Bobble Part 2, Bust and Move 2, Cat Trap, Cosmo Tank, Desert Strike, Dexterity, Fighting Simulator, Ghostbusters 2, Go Go Tank, Great Greed, and Jurassic Park 2. Sounds like an awesome list. Throw Mortal Kombat 2 on there. No, and you, Mark, I, I, I throw Mortal Kombat 2 on there and I am walking. <laughs> and we are done with this show altogether. Um, there are a lot of weird sequels on here, including Ghostbusters 2 and Jurassic Park 2. Jurassic Park 2. Man, that's crazy. 
<laughs> um, and then we got one more email this week that I wanted to address. Uh, this, it is not Game Boy uh, Classic related, but it's from our good friend Jason Hetley, my good friend Jason Hetley, um, who has written into the show before. He says, here's a question. Does your right Joy-Con activate your Apple Pay when your phone is near the IR sensor? Mine does. I'm not sure whether to be concerned, intrigued, or both. Hope your spring is treating you well. Talk to you later. Jason, your homie. That, uh, I haven't tried, but that actually kind of makes a weird amount of sense because your Apple Pay is just working off of an NFC reader, which the right Joy-Con has to read Amiibo. Yeah, so, so it, it may not it be would not the IR sensor. It if it uh, is, if the NFC, NFC chip inside the right Joy-Con is triggering Apple Pay. Um, I would be curious. Did you just look over to your phone, which is sitting on top of my Switch case? <laughs> yeah, because you have a right Joy-Con right here. Oh, yeah. I want to see if it's... Oh, yeah, it's not on at the moment, but... Oh, right. um, uh, Here, let's try... Well, we can try this out another yeah, time. That's true. We don't need to do it live <laughs> on the mic. Um, But it's it, it may not be the IR sensor, and it is probably the NFC reader, a reader writer... Um, which is the same way that Apple Pay works. So I, I've I've never I've not heard of that uh, happening to anyone else. And no, it's not but I me. that's awesome. <laughs> I guess it's awesome. I, should he be intrigued or concerned or both? I think intrigued. I don't think you need to be concerned. Yeah, Nintendo's not savvy enough to steal your money this way. I don't even know how they would. <laughs> Unless, yeah, I, I don't I don't even know how that would work. Uh, and they certainly wouldn't get away with it. Mario would never let that happen. All right, Mark, let's get into our discussion of Nintendo Labo. Nintendo Labo! Finally here. It's finally here. It, it, the 420 came and went. Um, I got my copy from uh, Best Buy. I got the variety pack and the um, customization set. Um, I originally had the robot backpack, right? What a robot! I don't know what it's called. Um, I had that reserved as well, but I was like, ah, eh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna put that aside and see what my experience especially for is. like eighty bucks. It's eighty bucks, and you know, it was out the same day as um, God of War, and um, I knew that I was gonna have a lot of alone time this weekend, and so I was like, you know what? God of War seems like a more solitary experience. Labo, um, you know, basically just been you, me, and Sarah playing with it today. And um, I had, I, you know, spoiler, I guess, for my experience with it, I've, I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I did too. Um, what were your, I think we were both generally pretty positive on the Labo reveal. Yeah. Um, just seeming like a really cool way to use the Switch's hardware to do something completely different, something we've never seen before. Yeah. Um, and, but I, I think, you know, when we were initially talking about it, my feeling was like, oh, this will be great for somebody, but it's not necessarily for me. Yeah, and I, I actually remember saying to Sarah, like, uh, yeah, it's, it looks kind of cool, but, you know, we're not going to have that. I'm not going to bring that cardboard into, into our house, um, which sounds more like I'm against it than I really Yeah, am. you're like an angry hey, dad. I am bringing that into my house. <laughs> I pay for this house. <laughs> um, no, but just, you know, just as a matter of, like, it seems neat, but like you know, why do, it doesn't need to be like a part of our lives necessarily, right? Um, and I don't know. I guess I don't really know what what happened between like now and then, but I sort of um, became just excited at the idea of having a like sort of crafty project to do that isn't that isn't playing a video game that isn't 
you know, a lot of a lot of my like social time now is wrapped up in projects that I do with people. You know, I I see you every week because we do Nintendo Cartridge Society and sometimes we get together and play video games. But like, you know, it's hard to have something to do with a friend, right? I'm I feel like I'm stating like the most uh pathetic <laughs> like social thing ever. But like it's hard to just be like, hey, come over and just like hang out. Yeah, I agree. I feel like when you get our age, that is a lot harder, especially since we're not like the gentry in the Victorian era. And so we're not like, let's just have tea and do a puzzle. Right. And faint on the fainting couch <laughs> because we're wearing corsets that cut off blood circulation. We can't breathe. Yeah, we're delicate flowers. Um, but we, we are indelicate flowers, you and I. Um, and so having something to do, some kind of activity that isn't you know, watching a movie or playing a game or something that demands like all of your attention, but does sort of engage you creatively and cooperatively. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's very, very cool. Um, and it's, I don't know, like the fun that just comes out of um, building something together and like making fun of each other for like misunderstanding a direction or, you know, anything like that. Um, like it just quickly becomes a like centerpiece for like normal social fun with people, um, which is maybe a, a trite thing to say, but like, it's a little bit like doing a puzzle, right? No, I think that's exactly it. Like, uh, I love the idea when I visit my family, you know, if you're there over the holidays or something, you're usually there for a number of days and sometimes you're just looking for stuff to do, you know, yeah. with like your siblings or even your parents that you don't see that often. So my family will a lot of times do like a, just have a big jigsaw puzzle that we're all kind of working on. Yeah. And I feel like something like Labo, like you and I and Sarah, we built the piano today. And I think that's something that my family would really enjoy doing together. That would be engaging in a way, even for like my nieces and nephews that doing a puzzle would not be engaging. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, especially for the piano, I guess we can't speak to. The, so we only put together these two, uh, these two sets: the race car and the piano. The putting together the piano takes about two and a half hours. It took. It, that was with three of us, like working on putting the each key three together. Three thirty somethings <laughs> working together. But yeah, so there, there are a lot of times where it's like, okay, we're gonna make um the the black keys, and there are five of these. So like Mark had two, I had two, and Sarah had one. Uh, and we just like did it all together. If you were hanging out with, like you say, nieces and nephews, um, or kids, whatever, that might may not be able to wrap their heads around like all of the construction of it, could do one along with you doing another. You know what I mean? Um, also, I, I said they may not be able to like wrap their head around like the whole thing, but there's anytime you start one of these sets. I would say you are so outside of, you're so far away from the finished product and you don't really have to understand where you're going, right? Um, let's talk a little bit about like what the, uh, the user experience with uh, building it is. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much what you've seen online or in any of the commercials or uh, videos for it or anything where it's just a box with a bunch of slabs of cardboard. Yeah. And then a little bag full of like rubber bands and stickers and things like that that you will need for certain uh, projects. And when it starts, you even when you start each individual like piece, like for instance in the piano, each time we would build like a key for the first time, it takes a different set of instructions. 
and it starts out looking like nothing. Right. And then when you reach the point where you're like, oh, I like pop this tab in here, and then all of a sudden it's suddenly a piano key. Yeah. It feels rewarding each and every time. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there are 12 keys in the piano, right? Every single one of those was fun. When you like finished a side or like the thing that actually houses the switch, um, or there are, so the, the piano has these knobs that you put in um, that change the, we were using knob number three, which uh, makes the piano sound like an old man singing um, at the beginning of this episode. And uh, there are four of these little like knobs that you make and they're, they have like these hexagon bases and it's super satisfying to like snap all of it into place and like put the stickers on. Um, it's all, yeah, it all feels great. It, it, yeah, the build quality is really good. So when you're like putting pieces together, when something's supposed to snap into place, it usually does. Like, yeah. There's like a very like satisfying like locking mm-hmm. sound um, and like feeling that lets you know that, oh, I'm like doing this correctly. I really think one of the biggest uh, aspects of this that Nintendo nailed is the interactive instructions. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the instructions because I do think that, that it's almost like revolutionary in its presentation. Yeah. It's a, you know, it just comes on a game cart. Mm-hmm. And you choose the project that you are going to do, and it's all done with touchscreens. You can use the Joy-Con, but a lot of times they're being used in the thing you're building. Right. Um, I wonder if we could uh, put it in the dock and have just the instructions up on the TV and like page through them with a uh, Pro Controller or something. Oh, yeah, you probably could. But it's, it's really neat. Basically, it's what Ikea should be doing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for when you're, co- you're constructing. like It's a step-by-step... Um, instruction that you can control the speed but more than that it's not just a video that's playing you can uh using the touch screen you can like rotate the 3d model and zoom in and zoom out and change the camera so you can see all angles of the thing you're working on at all times so there's never a moment where you're like oh what part is this or like what is this supposed to look like when i put it in because you can just like rotate to that part of the model and zoom in on it very intuitively, and you see exactly how everything is supposed to uh, fit together. And I feel like the game is really good. The game, whatever. The instructions are very good at like anticipating what mistakes you might make. Um, to say like uh, when you put it in, then be like, make sure that this little tab is on this side of this thing. Oh yeah, be super careful when you're putting like this thing on. Right. Like, you know, double check to make sure it's facing the right direction. And I feel like that's the kind of thing back to uh, IKEA, which this did feel a little bit like. You know, like you got a new table and you're like, oh, let's put this together. Um, but like with Ikea, I, I've gotten furniture that, you know, I've put a drawer on or like started it backwards or something like that. And sure, it shows you like which end is supposed to go which way, but there's no, it's like the people that make the Ikea instructions are just like, that's the way it goes. Put it together. Whereas the uh, Labo is like, this is the way it goes here's an easy mistake that you may have made. Don't make it, you know? It anticipates your, like, pain points um, or your little areas of friction and, like, addresses them for you already, which I think is super, it's super user-friendly and, like, there was no point in this where I was frustrated. No, it was fun. Like, yeah. I was having a lot of fun the entire time, which I wasn't really expecting necessarily to do because I don't, I was never, like, a Lego kid. Like, I never had the patience yeah. For that sort of like putting things together, 
making sure that everything is in the right place or if you like mess up then it's not going to work or it's not going to look right yeah like that was never any fun for me so i wasn't really uh i kind of felt like oh labo isn't going to be something that i'm going to enjoy yeah but that turned out to not be the case like so we started with doing the little rc car yeah well the very first step and the thing that it, it makes makes you do first is just create a uh, Joy-Con holder. Yeah, yeah. It's like the little. It's like the tutorial from the beginning, and it's just a real quick, maybe like five minute project that it uh, walks you through, just to make like a little box that has the Nintendo Switch logo on it and Nintendo Labo on the back that you can just like slide your Joy-Con into. Yeah, and that ends up being like a. Well, you end up making a piece just like that for the piano, for example, that the right Joy-Con rests in, and that's what allows it to read all of the little pieces of, um, like glow tape that you have on it, uh, you know, with the IR sensor and all of that. So, like, it's a super simple first build, and it sort of like foreshadows pieces of what you're going to build in the future. And I thought it was super cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. you know, like the process of it because it's really fast and, uh you're starting from just a flat sheet of cardboard and quickly just snap things into place. And you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's cool that the very first thing, super simple thing that they have you do uh, is married to a Joy-Con, right? Like that, that, that's all part of it. Um, and it feels like the uh, cardboard stuff that you're making and the Switch are like one and the same and they're, they're together. Um, so, and then, then we move on to this uh, remote control car. Which again is another pretty fast project. Maybe takes ten minutes. It you know, it has quick, a couple yeah. more parts, but uh, a couple more components, but not a ton. And again, you've se- you have seen this RC car. You just put you set this thing up. Uh, it's kind of like the giant mechanical spider from the end of Wild Wild West. We're all familiar. And you put a Joy-Con in on each side, and then it you can maneuver around. Use it uses like the HD rumble, and you know, you've seen this in all the Labo commercials and you're kind of like, yeah, that's neat or whatever. But when you actually do it and you accomplish it, it's, it's, we were having so much fun. Yeah. Just like making the thing scoot around on the floor. Um, and you know, it, it controls with, um, touch screens on your, uh, the actual gamepad, the, the, the switch. Um, and you know, so you can, um, make the, the right leg go or the, or the left leg legs. I don't know what you would call it. Um, and, uh, you know, it just kind of scooches around on the floor and be- you have the, uh, the Joy-Cons slammed into it in a way that you can see like a feed from the IR camera. So like you can, it's tough and like it's slow, like the refresh rate is uh, low on it. Um, but you could sort of navigate this thing uh, in a room where like you're not, right? Um, we set up a, a little race course with uh, a amiibo and had the uh, the the car kind of like navigate between it. Um, I mean, it's it's definitely a you need to make your own fun uh, situation, but like it's the fun is right there to be had. Um, and then uh, just to sort of uh, expand on like our experience with with the remote control car, since I also got the customization set, um, I was like, let's let's put some of some of this to work. Um, and you know, it comes with stencils and stickers and, uh, some washi tape. Is that what it's called? Um, the like colorful tape. There's one, uh, set that's, um, like kind of rainbow colors. Another one that just has the Nintendo Labo logo on it, uh, over and over again. And, um, it, 
I, I'm, I'm struggling with like whether I think it's a good value or not. It's 10 bucks, um, which is maybe a bit much for some stickers that are like kind of limiting and like stencils, you know, like stencils are stencils. Um, the the tape is cool, and I actually plan on using it on other stuff in the, <laughs> in the future, um, and not necessarily on on other labo. Um, but you know, I I put NCS our show's initials on the top of the remote control car, uh, made the front of it look like a little froggy face, and then drew some uh, cool flames on the side of it to show how like fast and cool it is. Yeah, the anything you build with labo can be customized. Yeah, I mean it's cardboard. So, but like I also wonder about. Um, like, I don't want to... I love the way the piano looks. Yeah. it. It's... Everything you build is surprisingly cool looking. Yes. Um, and, like, I, I didn't... I don't want to mess with that. I don't want to mess with, like, the simple beauty that is this cardboard piano thing. Well, you would think that because it's cardboard... And, you know, not every time when you're building something does it feel the most, like, tight. Yeah. You know, like a, we built how many keys? Like fifteen keys or something? Yeah, twelve. But yeah, uh, twelve keys and 13. you know, like probably like one or two of them. Uh, when I was doing it, like it was a little bit wonky or uh, tilted to one side or the other. Yeah, but when it all comes together, like they did a really good job of making it look polished and not just cardboard. Yeah. Well, and when like, when the pieces do need to fit together in like a very specific way, um, they'll like add little like almost like washer things that fold in half and just use it's amazing to me how well this thing uses just the resistance of like a folded piece of cardboard to like like just as as resistance i guess so uh, you know in in these cases where you fold like a a long washer and then like jam it in somewhere that uh that kind of stretches out that sort of space between and makes you know makes everything fit together tightly um so like yeah, there there are some parts where like you know if, if I want to just pull some buttons out of the um, toy piano, I can you know <laughs> um, nothing nothing's like glued down or um, tied down or anything like that. There's one uh, rubber band in the piano, but other than that, it's all cardboard. Yeah, that blew my mind because I just assumed like the keys and everything would have some sort of uh, added resistance. Yeah, and when there is added resistance, but that resistance is just the cardboard. It's just like the the strength of the fold. Um so I do wonder if some of that is going to give way over time. Um that like it just will get used to being folded. Um but uh you know for for now it it feels like a a super solid build. One thing for me is that I don't know if I would enjoy this doing on I would enjoy it as much doing it on my own. Yeah, and I th- I think that's fair. Um, I, I, I thought the same thing. Um, you know, my, my earlier prediction that, like, if I'm going to be spending a lot of this weekend alone, I should get God of War was correct because I can play God of War all by myself and have as satisfying an experience without someone there to, like, you know, laugh with or, you know, um, to misunderstand instructions or whatever. Um, but the, the Labo feels like a, like a social thing to me. Um, and yeah, man, I, I would love to have this at like Christmas with a family um, and just work on it together. Well, because I think one of the things with Labo, and I, I'm sure this is true of, I mean, it's true of anything you put together, like a puzzle or really a Lego set or anything like that, is once it's together, I don't necessarily know what the staying power is. That's one of those things where it's like, uh, what you want to get out of it, you will get out of it, like, there's a whole suite of 
music creation software built in to the software that comes with the piano. Yeah, and it seems weirdly robust. Like you for there are all these like different tracks and you can record eight different takes on top of each other. And, you know, there are all these different ways that you can mess with the, the there's a, a little like pitch bending bar that you install on the side of this thing. Um, so like you can, you know, uh, like slide notes around. There are different qualities of, you know, there uh, we had the old man singing. You can make it a piano. There are guitar and electric guitar sounds. Um, there's a cat. What else, What was it? One of the other ones? Um, I can't remember. I can't remember either. But there's also one option where you can make the Joy-Cons themselves instruments. Um, so we were doing this. Uh, so it's, it's the, the zero stop. You can put in the zero stop and it makes the Joy-Cons themselves physically vibrate at frequencies that produce notes which is nuts it was amazing it was amazing and sort of surreal and we were like where's that sound coming from because you know the other joy the right joy con is sticking out of the piano and the other one was like sitting on the table somewhere um and uh i i have my string bass that i played in college like sitting in in the corner of the the living room here and uh i was like oh my god i'm gonna i'm gonna try this i brought the Joy-Con over to the bass and like held it up against the bridge and it amplifies because you know that that's basically all that uh, uh, a bass or any string instrument is is it's taking the vibrations of the strings and pushing them back into the body of the instrument through the the bridge which is like the the wooden piece like sort of near the bottom um or like near the chin of a violin um and like echoes it out through the whole body of the instrument and that's what we were doing with the Joy-Con. Uh, so you could like hear all these like clear overtones and like the pitches were so clear. And I, I don't know, it's such like a cool, bizarre thing. And like we were also, I, I knew, I had heard that that was a thing that this did. Uh, and it was still like a surprising experience. Well, and yeah, that was like super remarkable. I guess my point initially, though, was like, yeah, how, what do you do with that? What do you do with that? And not that there isn't stuff to be done, but yeah. for me personally, I'm not a musician. Um, like the, uh, uh, the RC card that you can build, it was, uh, we had a lot, a lot of fun playing with it for the little bit we, uh, did, but I don't know that I need to return to it. Like, I don't know how much fun I would have returning to the RC car. Yeah. So for me, the joy of Labo seems to come from like the building of it. And uh, once you have the thing, I don't really know what the use necessarily of it would be for me. So that's something to keep in mind if you're like looking to invest in Labo. Yeah. And I, I think that's, I think that's fair and uh, also doesn't really take away from the value of it. No, not at all. Um, Cause like, you know, if, if you were to buy activity sets, I, the, how many projects are in this thing seven six or seven something like that um and you know with one of them taking two and a half hours and you end up with a musical instrument at the end um you know i don't i can't imagine what that would cost you you know in in, in some other format um so we put together just these two things um and there's other stuff to do in there um do you like have a desire to like go back in not today obviously because we've we've done a lot of it already um, but do you have like a desire to like hop back in and like build other stuff? Yeah, I would love to see the uh, like when we were talking about the IR camera from mm -hmm. the RC racer. I would love to build the like motorcycle handles, yeah, and use the IR camera to make like terrain in that mini game. You know, they showed off like scanning your hand, yeah, and then having that become 
the topography of the map. Uh, something like that sounds awesome. Yeah, and I'm also really uh, I I really want to put together the the fishing uh pole thing because it has uh like uh active feedback. Um, so like as you're playing with it, like it pulls back. Um, which seems super cool. Like everything about this is just so like tactile and real. Um, that it's sort of I don't know. It's I I don't think it's replicated anywhere else. Like in video games, right? This now. has also piqued my interest on the like Robo Kit. I know. Um, I know. But my my hesitation with RoboKit is my same hesitation that not hesitation, but the same thing I was just talking about is like I think it'd be interesting to put the RoboKit together. But then once it's together and we've done it for like ten, fifteen minutes, right? What? Uh, what I don't, I don't know what that? the plan B is. You know? Yeah, yeah. What What else it is? I mean the the thing that's cool about the uh you know the remote control car here and the piano like. The remote control car is so small, and like I've colored it now, so like it's a thing that I like and will like having in my home. And the piano is a piano; like it looks so cool. It looks really cool. Like even just having the piano set up in your house, yeah, like on a shelf somewhere, will look cool. It will look cool. It's sitting on like our recording table right now, and it's making me happy just sitting there. Um, so like I, I, yeah, well, like what are you gonna do with like this robot backpack and like visor and stuff? You gonna like hang it up? <laughs> like you gonna get like a dummy and like put it on there? <laughs> like you're Batman, you go down to the Bat Cave and there are these things in like uh glass cases. And as they like release better versions of it, yeah, you just they keep just getting keep more robo kits. <laughs> but that being said, like you know they're releasing this in April. Uh, if this is a success for them, I would love to see what. V- like round two of this variety kit looks like. Yeah, we were talking about this a little bit before we started rolling. Um, I, I think it makes sense that they launch with just these two kits um, and probably have others uh, in the works or even ready to go, um, but really want to get these into people's hands um, so that they can understand them and then like have an opportunity to sell like a second set. Um, I would be interested to see like how successful the two kits are in comparison to each other. Um, my guess would be that the variety kit is more popular than the robot kit. Um, a for price reasons. Um, and B cause like bang for your buck. Yeah. Bang for your buck. It 80 bucks, man. Um, for the, for the robot and 70 for this 70 is kind of a lot. 70 is a lot. Um, but it's only $10 more than you would pay for like a regular video game. Yeah. And you are getting something physical with it. Yeah. And it's going to take, I don't know, like. It feels worth it to me. Yeah, it feels worth it to the me. The $70 feels worth it. Also, $70, uh, if you are, you know, a, a Gamers Club Unlocked or whatever it's called at Best Buy, and you get 20% off uh, whatever the game is, uh, whatever the game's price is. So, uh, you know, that knocks it down to 55 bucks. Um, makes it less than a, than a full price game. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really can't... Oh, I, yeah, I want to talk a little bit more about what, what kinds of things we would like to see from Labo in the future. Um, we were talking about how it's interesting that this isn't like branded with any Nintendo IP. There's no Mario on this. There's no Zelda on this. There's no Yoshi. Um, is that something that we're happy with, that we want to see these things be like, like Labo is its own brand that isn't related to Nintendo? Or would we want to see kits that kind of steer into that? I like that they launched without any of, like, the IP on it. Um, the piano's cool by itself. I don't need, like, Samus on the side of the piano. <laughs> you know, or, like, laying on top, like, a lounge singer or something. I mean, that seems pretty cool, Mark. <laughs> but, 
in the future, if they wanted to bring out a you know Zelda kit where I'm building the Master Sword or something like that, I think that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make it like a part of it, but not the whole. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I, I agree with that. I would also just be happy for it to, uh, to be its own thing forever. Right, or if they want to make like an accessory kit that has like Mario stickers in it. Oh, the a customization kit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, this is also something that we talked about. I would love for future uh, releases of Nintendo games or Switch games to just come with a sheet of stickers for you to use on Labo or whatever. Like how uh, your girlfriend Sarah was bringing up, like the Apple. Includes Apple stickers exactly. in all of their products. Nintendo, you should do the same thing. Yeah. Put a Mario sticker in every Mario Odyssey. You'll sell more physical copies it's that so, way. Yeah. Uh, fractions of a penny. Yes. And we'll, all I'll that brand, like brand recognition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll all be happy, and we can put it all over our Nintendo Labo, increasing the value of our Labo to boot. I mean, it seems like a no-brainer. Um, were there other things that you would have wanted to see, like in the customization kits? or? I think the... What was so fun about the announcement of Labo to me was that I didn't see it coming. Yeah. Like, it was something that I never expected, and yet once, like, Nintendo presented it to us, it was like, oh, yeah, of course. Of course, this is what... Of course, this. Of yes. course, yeah. And uh, as for, like, the, fu- the future of Labo, I kind of feel the same way. It's like, I don't know where you go from here. Yeah. Like, at the moment, I, like at the moment we, you know, we've built this piano just a couple of hours ago. I'm, and I'm trying to think, like, where do you go from piano? Where do you go from functioning piano? And uh, I can't get there, but it's exciting to me knowing that Nintendo is working on that. Yeah, absolutely. And also, I can't wait to get, like, back into this uh, thing and just mess around with the, the, the piano software. Um, there is so much in this kit. And, you know, we didn't even talk about the um, Labo Garage or anything like that, which allows you to, like, kind of work with, like programming yeah stuff. it has a really basic pro like code essentially that's like if this then right. blank this input equals this output yeah um so i mean it, it seems like people who are geared towards creation or creativity of any kind like this thing will you know will scratch that itch um i think it's worth checking out if you even have like the most passing curiosity yeah i think it's worth checking out and honestly, like if you are, uh, you know, if you've got friends that you do like a game night with, like a board game night or something like that, I think this would be a perfect like entry in that, that like, hey, let's all get together and build some Labo stuff. Um, keep in mind that you can really only do one at a time because the instructions are on the Switch. Um, not, there are no like physical instructions. Um, so you need to have uh, really just one thing going at a time but you know the three of us worked together on the piano and uh there really weren't any times where we felt like slowed down or whatever by the fact that we were working all together anyway we had a really good time with labo mark are we like eight-year-old kids or are we 30-something men <laughs> is that a devo album uh it is yes <laughs> it's my favorite devo album all right mark let's close out our discuss our discussion of nintendo labo If you've got questions or comments about Nintendo Label, did you pick it up this week? Did you play with your yeah, kids? Yeah, did you get the Robo Kit? Yeah, would love to hear about the Robo Kit or about even uh, Adventures Building, anything else. Um, especially if you've got kids, I would love to hear how they're responding to it. Um, Mark, what do you think is like the, the bottom age range that would like make sense to be playing with this? Oh, man. That, 
It's tough because we don't actually know. We don't really children. know that many children. Uh, I'm gonna say six. Six is probably the the bottom, and then that um, the piano would be a little tough. Five with a lot of supervision. Yeah, um, and then uh, you know, older. From there, if you have kids, we would love to know if they uh, played with this, if they're interested in it, if they're excited about it, if they were frustrated by it, whatever. Um, you can email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. If you think we're lunatics for spending this much time talking about what we have obviously expressed as a child's toy, uh, you could write to us also at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It helps us tremendously, and maybe we get into E3 or we can talk about other things. And are- somebody you know mm. doesn't die. That's right. And Or somebody you don't know doesn't die. Look, people do die every day and all the time. But if you rate, review, and subscribe us on Apple Podcasts, that will not cause anyone to die. Yes. <laughs> That's an important distinction. Someone may die at that exact moment. <laughs> Let me assure you, it is mere coincidence. There's no, nothing, no cause and effect to be assumed from this. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. And the show is at Nincart Society. We're also on Facebook, which is easy to find Nintendo Cartridge Society there. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the show. If you like Mark Mind's opinions, we also write about comic books on retconpunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape at Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apeatbetty.com or by listening right now. From my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thanks for listening. Campfire.